ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now we are in our boardroom. Uh, we're taking a really close look at what's happening in the financial markets, in the tech world. We see a lot of instability. So me and Stone decided to come together to see how we could fix this. You know, we're not crypto bros. You know, we don't believe in that. You know what I'm saying? We believe in green energy. So what we've decided is to start our own podcast bank. That's right. <laughs> Any kind of podcast idea you have, we will fund it. We will get, you know what I'm saying, MailChimp to come and sponsor you. <laughs> <laughs> we will give you the big bucks in this podcasting, you know what I'm saying? The free soda, you know what I'm saying? The free merch. You know what I'm saying? That, that little, you know, free Spotify t-shirt and stickers, you know what I'm saying? We're out here, you know what I'm saying? We will sponsor your dreams. <laughs> Look for us at South by Southwest. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> the cool kids don't go to South by anymore. Yeah. Although, good lineup this year. Objectively, I feel like South by's I- back. Every everybody says that I know has gone down is saying it's twenty nineteen energy, so. But with with twenty twenty three, post post pandemic <laughs> trauma, <laughs> just cold sweat coming down your face in the five hundred person packed bar, you know what I'm saying? All, all the the free beer looks a little sus when it's not covered. You know what I'm saying? Getting poured from a dirty mug. It's scary out there. <laughs> it's not the same it's not the same <laughs> oh man all right well welcome back people uh we're, we're back in your earphones headphones speakers Ooh. uh but you know what's not back in any of those things <laughs> <laughs> that piff that piff uh well supposedly the true demise of that pith has been denied. Um, they are like, take us up on YouTube. Um, I don't know. It's shit, man. I mean, God damn it. I feel like this is, a, I, I, I think it's a testimony to how important the piff was when you saw all the people like, no, no. And you figure you would get to see it from a couple of like old school music writers or maybe some older rappers, but it was pretty like uniform. It was a lot of regular folks like, oh shit. Like, like we kind of lost a lot of recipes. And, and I think, we kind of forget, because, you know, me and Stone, we talk about the blog era, and it's very hypothetical, we crack jokes, but I think we kind of really don't acknowledge just how important that was for the culture. Just basically, like, you know, the whole big thing now is like, hey, you know, you, all you need is a band camp and a dream, and you go download some beats, and, you know, yada, 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 put on Bandcamp, and we forget the precursor to that effectively was, like, the piff, and obviously, there wasn't necessarily a monetization fucking idea there, but... You know, the Piff made a lot of fucking rap careers. It was a play for a lot. It was a place for a lot of like like hip hop artists who actually had careers, but were able to kind of keep the stream of information going out to connect with the fans. Keep putting records out there when they couldn't do it through the record labels because we all know record labels are shady. It's something where honestly, like, you take away fucking the Piff and forgetting about just 
basic shit. Like hip hop does not sound the way hip hop sounds in yeah. 2023. Like, you know, it was the only place where you didn't have to clear those samples. It was the only place you could be fucking weird. It was the only place where fucking, you know, regional rap ruled, where it wasn't just a whole bunch of like New York hardheads. It was dudes from fucking like Louisiana. It was people from Cleveland. It was fucking, you know, it was very, very, very egalitarian the way you could kind of get it put on there. And it's kind of fascinating because you know, thanks to Tyler, you see like DJ drama getting like, you know, coming back and showing up in places and, you know, guest hosting records. And that's literally that era. So we're almost in a weird like space of mixtape revivalism with the biggest depository of mixtapes down. Yeah. You know, it, it's really crazy because number one, I, I will admit it, you know, because it's like, you know, they're like, oh, so and so die. Oh, my God. I'm so. Oh, man. And it's like we don't appreciate what we have. Um, when it's alive, and I'm the same way. I thought that Piff was like done, <laughs> like years ago. Um, and when I saw that, you know, I immediately started getting nostalgic, right? And I think that's just human nature, you know. I mean, and you're right. Like, like I remember downloading like a kid named Cuddy off of that Piff, like, but also DJ Trauma as well. Also, all the Lil Wayne stuff <laughs> was on on that Piff, like, yeah. Like it, you know, it definitely was like hosted a lot and it was SoundCloud before SoundCloud. You know, it was, you know, I would say, you know, I think Bandcamp existed, but, you know, didn't really cater to hip hop um, like that Piff did. So I, I think that, you know, it, it was a culture and it was kind of like a part of like this kind of mid to late 2000s, mid 2010s culture. Um, and one of the things I'm, 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 I'm kind of like agonizing over, um, and this is like, you know, I'm trying to like figure out how to categorize, like to catalog this culture. Um, this is like kind of the first culture that is strictly digital. And we realize that like, we don't own shit, (laughs) you know, this is like the culture where like, you know, unless it's on a hard drive somewhere, unless it's kind of like, you know, like like somewhere safe like you 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 don't own it right like you know i have a bunch of things i put on Flickr, like just get deleted because i didn't get it in time right um so i think we're also at this weird place where um since this culture is not physical a lot of the artifacts from this culture are going to get deleted you know and i think that's like the the real kind of like shame and of 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 that piff like you know, it just seems like, to be honest, they didn't pay their server bills. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's exactly what it looks like. It, it's like, it's like, oh, shit. Like, I've been paying this $20 a month every month. Like, oh, let me cancel this. And then, like, they, they shut everything down. That's kind of how it came off. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's really tough um, to, to preserve these things in this new era because um, that's, that's how it goes. So, you know, that, that, that's that's kind of what I've been thinking about with the, with the demise of that piff. And, you know, I, I hope there's somebody out there like that has like 10 terabytes of storage that was able to grab all that stuff <laughs> before it went down. Yeah. And, and, it, and going back to your digital point, it's, it's the thing is we forget. And that's the funny thing about the cloud is that in, in many ways, the cloud is forever and the cloud is very fleeting. It's the idea of yeah. where... At the end of the day, you know, 
it's still server fees. It's still a hard drive somewhere. It's still this very physical thing and, and things that have to be maintained and things that have to be paid. I, irony is uh, I, uh, there's, a, there's a good blog out there called Nobels and something po- passed over my, uh, my feed today where basically rapper named Tara passed away a couple, I don't know exactly when, but the point was ultimately, so that person passed away, they were playing for a SoundCloud Pro membership. You have his work out there that anybody could kind of pick up on, but what happens? Unfortunately, yeah. he passes. His bank accounts gets closed. You know, they try to collect the money, and his pro subscription gets gets closed. And then ultimately, yeah. his then eventually they delete his discography. And it kind of is is in this weird space of where you know I'm not gonna be like, oh, you guys need to go buy vinyl and tape and yada yada yada. But I do think we kind of have to figure out a way because it's a little bit unfair. Like this is history, and you know. Obviously, a lot of the artists that we care about, you know, there's a lot of hard drives. Like, I still have, like, an MP3 locker flying around somewhere in this space. Like, it's not necessarily lost to time, per se, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, you're going to have the same access. And we've kind of gotten used to, like, hey, yo, I'm, I'm like, this random record from, like, 12 years ago pops in my head. I type on SoundCloud, no, SoundCloud, so Spotify, and I bring it up. But God forbid it's, like, some weird mixtape from, like, the SoundCloud era, that's, that's you know, I got to hope that, you know, that person was maintaining that digital presence, you know, decades out down the line. Even with the Piff, it's fucking fantastic. But I remember when I when I read about it, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, who could, I'm like, where's Little B? Where's ASAP Rocky? Can somebody get a GoFundMe going? <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's just like, if it's not being paid for, it gets cut off quick. And going back to your point, like how your Flickr account got, got annihilated. And I think that we're in this stage of where we've taken advantage of the fact of where it'll be there forever and it's not, particularly when it's money involved. And I don't know, like, you know, you have things like the Internet Wayback Machine and, and certain certain groups have kind of realized that, hey, we kind of have to keep this kind of going, you know, keep 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 records of this while we kind of go through all these iterations. And I don't know if we're identifying anything that, that, like that for music, particularly when, you know, nobody really, you know, an influential mixtape, you know, for the summer of 2007, you know, might not have its samples cleared. You know what I'm saying? You look at De La Soul, oh, yeah. look at, you look at what's happening here. So I don't know how we fix it, but I do think it's important we do because like I said, there were, there were a lot of gems. There were times where yeah. now I'll still pop up and I'm like, oh, should I remember that? And, and I think there's an idea of where, well, you know, we've hit a stage of where you know the quote-unquote cream has right risen to the top you know you, you have your j coles you know Lil wayne has become you know one of the biggest rap stars in the world you know push a t and the clips have gotten somehow gotten their due and but like i said there were a lot of really seminal acts that were very important for the era who didn't really transition well into the into the spotify era but definitely they made their work well known and it's kind of unfortunate where you know, all it requires is, you know, somebody forgets to pay the internet bill, you know, they move to a new apartment, they can't afford that server, and then bam, you've got, you know, literally hundreds of hours of art, you know, lost forever. Yeah. You, you know, the crazy thing is, like, um, so I'm a part of this thing called iTunes Match, and it was, like, a, a scheme by Apple to be like, oh, <laughs> like, upload all your stuff to the cloud and pay, like, $25 a, a year, and you know like you'll get access to it and every time the renewal comes up and every time i grumble i think you were like well dude you have gems on there like you know like keep it going and i i do i i you know i pay the 25 dollars and i the most recently just like you know listen to just a lot of mixtapes that 
you know, to be honest, it's probably like me, <laughs> some other dude, and like the creator <laughs> of the mixtape <laughs> who have listened to the to the thing, right? Never, you know, like got any traction in streaming, you know, it's whatever. But, um, but even that's us, right? Like, like Apple. God forbid, one day it could be like, oh, we're not going to support this anymore. Because I, I, I really truly wonder how many people actually are paying the twenty five dollars a year, and like I'm sure like that engineer who like who, who's sitting there maintaining that is about to be re- retire or something, you know. Um, so yeah, we're we're just in a crazy place, dude. And um, I think we're promised that like the internet is forever. And I think we're coming down to this reality that it's not. So, um. Yeah, get your get your hard drives. Invest in physical media. That's right. <laughs> get a rack. Break out those <laughs> zooms. <laughs> break out, break out the zoom. Break out the iPod. We back, baby. <laughs> burn, burn, burn them to CD. Burn your MP3s what? to CD. One of one of the honest truth. So I remember I popped. They had a sale on a fucking CD burner. And I was so close to getting it. And the only reason why I didn't get it was because it wasn't Blu-ray. As if I'm gonna burn Blu-ray movies. But the idea is like I'm 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 kinda I'm I'm gonna go bruh. So I'm I'm on the way, I'm on fucking the J train coming back from fucking Williams from Lower East Side into Waynesburg. And there were these two hipsters with our coaching not. Each of them had a flip phone and a boom box. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. We we got it, we gotta we gotta we gotta go back. We gotta go back, Marty. (laughs) Like like I mean that's like that's twenty thirty years ago. That's nostalgia. Like like people our age, I think, are struggling with that because nostalgia to us is like sixties, seventies, you know, like eighties. But when in the eighties, that was twenty five years. You know, like that was like twenty five years from the sixties. Now that's like the two thousands and mid nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's the same energy. <laughs> Insane. All right, next up, Alchemist. Producer, friend to Action Bronson, prolific marijuana smoker. Uh, long story short, something goes back in the ways on the internet where basically saw, well, actually, I don't know how you how it came across your desk, but on my desk, it was Hit Boy, this is, Hit Boy, this is other producers. Tell them to step up their game. <laughs> It came across my desk. It was like Alchemist is rapping, and all these kids <laughs> don't know about Gangrene and you know Al- Alchemist rapping. Ah, uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's something going. Po- Shouts to Gangrene and oh no, um, yeah, <laughs> Alchemist is somebody obviously who's probably one of the most prolific producers of all time. You know, I know we talk a lot about Premiere, talk a lot about Dr. Dre, but I, I don't think there's any argument where you know. Once it's all said and done, and you know we close we close the chapter on the culture. The alchemist will be up there. He's somebody he's been producing for many years. He's somebody who even early on would throw a bar here and there. Um, there was a period in the in the, in the ironically enough in the, the Piff era <laughs> where he was rapping a little <laughs> bit. He had a group called Gang Green of Oh No, and uh, and yeah, out of nowhere, 
you know, this, this thing pops on my little, little social media stream where you've got hit boy, quote unquote, rapping and it discussing about, you know, the best producer rappers and hit boys throwing not even really any distance, but it's like tiny critiques towards some of his peers. And all of a sudden you see little, little alchemist in the corner of some hype beast tour somewhere. Just 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 in the cut, letting them bars flow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to be honest, like, it was a shock because I, I, I will say this. I, I probably will get, like, a dart through my window. Alchemist is not the greatest rapper, but I also think he knows he's not the greatest rapper and he doesn't care. Yes. Right? Because <laughs> nobody in the hip-hop industry is going to say, like, like the truth because they all want an Alchemist beast beat. <laughs> So, um, but you know, I, I, I think this, this made waves because again, it's like two of the biggest kind of underground hip hop producers kind of coming together. Like it seemed like very spontaneous where it's just like, apparently they're just hanging out <laughs> at the hype beat store <laughs> and smoking weed. And they're like, Oh, like I'll rap over your beat. You rap over my beat. It, it, you know, to me, it just kind of like it's the essence of hip hop, but also two dudes that are kind of at the top of their game in terms of like, you know, just like like Alchemist is just like making so many waves right now. And, you know, obviously Hit Boy has, has been in the, the industry for a long time um, and, and done some really heavy hitter production. But he's also a really dope boom bap producer, uh, although Alchemist's beats was a little bit better. Um, and hip hip boy is actually not a bad rapper. Um, but I think it's just like really cool to see this come together, and it just kind of felt like super like, hey, let's just do this. Oh shit, let's just call my boy who has a camera and shoot a video, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think that that's kind of like, I, it's just good to see hip hop kind of come back to that. Yeah, no, and and the thing is, which I, was, I had to type it up quickly. Grammy nominated, both of them technically. If you think about it, you know, Alfredo and the Nas, the really recent, so they're both Grammy nominees out here rapping in a yeah. happy store. Um, I think the fact of where and, and what's cool about going back to Alchemist and Hitboy not being particularly the greatest MCs, they're servicely, they're they're perfectly fine MCs. And and what's cool about that is the fact of where I think as a result of them not trying to prove anything, it is like, all right, here's some sixteens that we've got here. We know we're not gonna go, you know, go toe to toe with like fucking, you know, Jay Z or like fucking, you know, any battle rapper. We're just here kind of vibing. I, I think it adds to it because I think what's cool is the fact of where, you know, you've got these two guys where Alchemist, you could make the argument works with the creme de la creme of underground music. You know, Hit Boy is the go-to producer of basically, you know, not Nazir Jones is probably one of the greatest rappers who ever lived and will probably ever will live. And it is there chilling and it is kind of rapping. And like you said, I think it goes back to the essence of the culture. It's not, you know, in this case, it's not about, you know, going platinum. In this case, you know, they're in the hype beast or the hype beasting, but not really that hard. So it's not really about the gold or the flash. It's just like, yo, here's some beats and we're rapping over it. And I, and I think it's kind of cool about the project or at least the song. Hopefully it's a project where it's just like, yo, we're just we're just vibing here. There's no no. It's very, 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 very low stakes. And I think that's why, you know, it went viral for the half second, because it's like, yo, it's just, you know, how often do you get to see these dudes who are always very serious behind very serious MCs, putting out these very serious projects. Just basically shooting this shit in the store and rapping and shit. So 
I, I love that. I kind of went, you know, was flying around the world for a minute. Yeah, I, I will say this: like Hit Boy took shots at other producers <laughs> who probably won't rap, right? <laughs> oh wow! Damn! Imagine they all have to rap now. Oh no! <laughs> I, I, do I want Southside to rap? Do I want like some? It's like wow. not really. <laughs> It'll be a terrible rap. <laughs> rapper producer massacre just an influx it, of all these dudes who just can't and him i actually think hip boy's a dope like he i think he had dope like i think he had dope verses here but it's also kind of like you know like it's like you're you're like making like a three three point shot and then like the other person that is in a wheelchair <laughs> He didn't go after any MCs. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (sighs) But, uh, and finally for the news, the return of something in the water festival. Uh, Pharrell had a cousin who got shot in Virginia. He basically started his festival to kind of celebrate his home, home hometown. You know, things were good. They had to think of first iteration you know, COVID came, things got a little weird, you know, for everybody. And he basically announced that he would have liked to have had it in Virginia. I know the mayor of the town kind of said, hey, we wanted to have him come back to Virginia. But at that time, there was some litigation happening. You know, his cousin had died. He kind of blatantly said, hey, something toxic is here is happening. They went to D.C. for a quick session last year. Uh, but it looks like they're back, back in a very, 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 very big way. Yeah. Um, number one, DC dropped the the ball and the bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, it's not God. even a rumor. Like I, I was looking today, and like it, it it is like DC dropped the bag. Whoever put it together, like and I guess like the coordination with people, uh, it wasn't a great show in DC. Um, there's like uh, overcrowding, like a water, like things like that, and there's like protests because like the tickets were like three hundred dollars. So. Uh, I could see why it's back in Virginia. Um, but having that said, like, this is like one of the first lineups where every time I look at the lineup and I'm like, oh shit. Like, like even now I'm like looking at it. I'm like, oh, there's Kid Cudi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan. You know? Like K Trinata, like bad, bad, not good. Like I'm just like looking at this lineup, and I'm just like, this is pretty much everybody who's anybody, like in music right now. Like, and and it's it's. I mean, you like I said, your your girl wet leg, (laughs) (laughs) wet leg, wet leg is about to cross over to the hood, and I'm 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 here for it. It is a master class. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm ready for you know this ambush dresses and big eyelashes on baddies. That's 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 what we're gonna see. <laughs> like it's it is a masterclass in industry plantism, and I'm not <laughs> mad. <laughs> but also, it's like what leg Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's like what. <laughs> Like, like what? Like Polo G? Of course, of of course. Like it, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm really like, I don't know if it's just because like, maybe Pharrell is like, like I'll give you a discount on my production if you show up, or or or, 
or what, but a, a uh, lot yeah, of no, favors get called. Uh, this this is a very like like clips, which I'm assuming it's the the um it's both like members of the clips, um, which I guess makes sense. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm just like so impressed with this lineup. Yeah, no, you've got Skrillex could definitely head, at, at this point could definitely headline his, like his own festival. I mean, you've got you've got some older but like important acts like Nile Rodgers and Sheik. You've got fucking well, uh, goddamn Grace Jones. Come on, and it's like and it's like on top of that, you've got people like fucking coming up like Saucy Santana. You know, Summer Walker is also a big act who could definitely tour solidly. Like, like they really they didn't really fuck up here at all. Like, I, I think it's I, I don't know how much the tickets are, but it's a really good. Good festival put together. I, I think it's kind of cool where, you know, again, it, it kind of sucks that tragedy kind of derailed it temporarily. And then, you know, the D.C. fucking part. I do think it's kind of cool, like Virginia and a lot of these other markets kind of get some festival love. It feels like nowadays it's a point of kind of putting a festival in like a tier two city kind of and kind of using yeah. that to kind of anchor it. I think the fact that it's kind of in the middle, you know, it's in V.A. where it's not like, you know like in fucking Charleston or some shit. You know what I'm saying? I think I like the fact of where you've got acts going out to these places that no normally get to see, like huge acts, you know, and particularly in one big fucking like mega festival. So it's like, I, I think it's a great thing. I'm kind of happy to see it back. You know, I think that uh, ultimately the reason why he pulled it the first time around from Virginia was important. I mean, honestly, part of me hopes that he would have been as petty to kind of hold it. But at the same time, I kind of could see why he kind of wanted to have it here because that was why, you know, something in the water specifically was about Virginia. And I could see why he wanted to bring it home. But yeah, I'm not mad at like like, like I said, it's it's it, this is definitely it's, it's better than Coachella. <laughs> yeah, no, like like for for sure, for sure, and and, and you know, I, I I know why. Like you know, I, I there is some kind of like blowback because he pulled it for from Virginia Beach for a, a actual valid reason, um, and you know, I, I like I I think going back to Virginia Beach. I hope there's an announcement that there's maybe some type of resolution or like, like, like there's something there, um, some type of, uh, retro, you know, like reparations or like whatnot, because it is kind of a weird move, but I also understand like bringing this amount of talent to Virginia beach, <laughs> which is, you know, maybe like population a hundred thousand, I think it is, is huge for the economy. Um, now it's like reading about DC, like it brought like millions of dollars into the economy. Cause like you're talking about people who are going to fly, they're going to travel, like there's food, like, you know, there's, there's a lot there. So I could see how maybe some of that outweighed, you know, maybe like some of the, of the, of the tragedy. Um, but you know, I, I hope there is an announcement that just kind of like at least acknowledges it for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. And that does it for the news. Now we go into our favorite part. New music. The first selection is a stone a selection by Stone. Take it away. Yeah. So uh Cali Ukis, Red Moon and Venus is his the latest album from Cali, who is a Colombian American R and B singer. Um, I will say this, probably one of my favorite R&B singers uh, of this generation. Um, I don't think she gets a lot of the the love 
I think that like a scissor gets or you know Solange um, but I always think that um, her choices in production and features are really interesting I think her first EP I thought was like really cool and really kind of out there uh, production wise um, so I've always been like a fan I think like her work with Tyler has been really great um, look I don't know if Daniel Caesar's canceled. I don't know if we're canceling people anymore, but like, you know. <laughs> I mean, his, his record sales is canceled. I don't really hear his name. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sad because I'm like, man, like Daniel Caesar, like he had something going, but like that track was really huge at the time and she was on, on that. Um, I, I think she she really makes good choices in her career in terms of like how it positioned herself. Like the, uh, the Bootsy Collins track, I thought was really interesting and I thought like that worked in a, a really weird way um so i think like red moon and venus is her latest album i will say this is probably her most kind of quote unquote traditional album where i think the the um the production i think i would say i and i i want to be like bemeaning but it's just kind of like it it sounds a little bit off the shelf you know, and I think like the like she was trying to go, I think, for that more quote unquote traditional R and B market. Um, like there's less like Spanish spoken. Um, it kind of feels like it is very much so like a play for hey, SZA like did really big numbers. Like let's kinda of go after that market. And you know, I think the artist in me, I'm not an artist, but you know, I kind of like I was like, ah, like sell out. But I yeah. think like the the capitalist in me is like get that bag, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm a little torn in in terms of like the the approach. I think you know again like really great. She actually has a line in one of her songs that says like don't ask me about my old shit, which I probably would, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I I, I think you know. I, I, I see this as more of a career choice, right? Like you want to get playlisted next to Doja and SZA, you know, Summer Walker, like things like that. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't be mad at it, but it's probably not an album I'm going to go back to that heavy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I always like Callie Uchis. I liked uh, She's a good, she knows a hook. So there's a reason why Alternative Tyler would kind of tap her on the shoulder to kind of come in and get appearance on his albums. She knows what she's doing. I thought it was kind of fascinating when a couple of years ago she had a Spanish record. So I remember when she did that, I was like, oh, that's really smart. I know it was pretty critically acclaimed. And like, and like going back to your point, I could see that she's somebody where, by the nature of how she grew up, she's in L.A., she's you know friends with Tyler, she's with friends with all these other like alternative quote unquote R and B type folks where, you know, she wants to kind of get, you know, the scene kind of flame, you know what I'm saying? She wants to kind of show up there. She wants that kind of recognition. And I think what's kind of interesting about Kali Uchis is the idea of where she's obviously very talented. You know, like I said, I liked it. I heard that smash album. It was flames. Like she's got it in her. I just think that is trying to, I guess, reconcile, like what she wants to do. I think the issue, and I think you kind of nailed it, the fact of where she wants to kind of get that bag. And I think that, and it's something that a lot of artists kind of suffer with where by trying to like get that bag, you don't necessarily 
you know, you kind of downplay your strengths, which ironically kind of makes you not get the bag. Like at the end of the day, she needs a little bit more experimentation. Again, she was doing songs with Tyler, the creator, who's also a fucking weirdo. Like you got to throw something in there, something that makes shit unique. You know, she was doing songs, weird songs of like, you know, she was doing songs of like uh, uh, Don Tolliver, where I'd say he's a mainstream artist, but those songs were weird. Like even on this new record, they have a remake of, uh, of, uh, shit beanie man <laughs> or it's basically the same beanie man sample playing and they're doing something on top of it even in the pop music it's a little of off an off kilter song it just sucks that to kind of hear her like hey you know going back and doing what what quote unquote works the thing is it's not a bad album though that's the thing it's a solid no. record it's just that you know when you've got you know scissor dropping like straight up like fucking emo jams on her record you know what I'm saying when you've got Uzi Vert doing like a thousand one BPM club song that lasts like a minute a minute long, you've got these <laughs> pop people pushing these paradigms, and for her to be like, "All right, cool, load up all the R and B beats that were popping in like you know two thousand and fucking one, and let me just you know do my thing over them," it's not really the same. Yeah, and and, and you know it's really interesting because I. I this is I'm probably gonna get ripped, like ragged for this, and you know we're not supposed to compare, uh, especially female artists. But I, I feel like Callie and Doja kind of started, not really at the at the same time, but like the same trajectory, right? They they were both kind of like quote unquote alternative R and B artists. They kind of had like a SoundCloud following, things like that. And Doja has kind of like pivoted her career to being a little bit more um, mainstream, a lot more mainstream. Um, whereas like, I think Callie maybe is kind of like maybe trying to chase that. Um, and of course Doja had to work with like, you know, your boy to do that. But, um, (laughs) Dr. Luke, shout out to all creepy producers out there, (laughs) you know, but, um, it is, you know, it's, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to like, you know, want to, to find that fine line. I think, you know, like I, I would say this, like Doja has kind of did that. You could tell like there's a DNA of her earlier work that's in her like more pop and mainstream work. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so I, I, I'll give Callie credit for trying. And I think like, it's, it's definitely something that I want her to get the bag because I, I do think she's like one of the more unique artists out here. Um, you know, but yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, no, and and like I said, I I think she has it. I, I just think again, she's an artist working through some stuff, and she'll like she'll nail it. Like I said, I think she's talented. But what I'm yeah. hoping for is maybe like again, somebody you know who knows. Maybe it's Tyler. Maybe it's like fucking uh, knowledge. But some LA, some cool producers like yo, let's do some shit together, together, and kind of like bring out more of a, like a unique, more you know experimental experimental side. Because again, she's still a talented songwriter, so it's there. Just the idea of where I think. She kind of maybe not necessarily chase after that stardom. Even with fucking like Doja, Doja was weird. Like there were a lot of weird choices she made in addition to working with like this weird pop pop maestro. And even she's like on some like, I'm going to drop what she like. She's like, she might drop a, a, a quote unquote metalcore album and or a boom bap record. And, you know, obviously it might just end up being, you know, Doja Cat, you know, album number three. But at the same time, it's cool to kind of see her playing with like, yo, maybe I need to do something a little bit wackier besides like, you know, she with my eyebrows with this music stuff. And I think that's where like Kali would just kind of thrive. So, again, it's a, it's a solid record. I don't want to diss on it too hard, but it's something where I want to see a little bit, a little bit more deeper, let's just say. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. And then on, on my end, it's a, it's a shout out. It's a record that kind of came out actually late last year on September. 
It's um, high tech. Uh, two producers based out of Detroit. Um, they call themselves Ghetto Tech, which, if you know DJ Assault <laughs> and his various, you know, hit songs like "Beat My Bitch for Bat," tends to be this very aggressive, very, very aggressive but very <laughs> sensual and sexy version of like like dance music. Um, I guess tech, quote unquote techno. Um, high tech is definitely not that. Um, what high tech does is they're they've got a really cute acute ear for like what's happening as far as let's say black dance music underground. So what do you have here is you have like a mix of footwork, a mix of Jersey Club, you know, there's a little bit of trickle of Kitchenata here, you know, definitely rap music is a big part. You know, they, you may not get full bars per se, but you definitely have, you know, at times some rap verses, at times just like a cool little phrase gets repeated. You know, they're just dudes who are kind of have an ear of what's happening as far as like, you know, young black club goers are concerned. And it's a really solid record. It's a record I was listening to kind of before and kind of it stayed with me because I was like, let me see what I believe to do recently. I was like, oh shit, it's still, oh, this is still kind of rocking and rolling. So I kind of want to shout them, shout them out. Also, additionally, I want to shout out Dweller, which is basically shouts to Frankie. It's it's an annual basically celebration of Black techno. Unfortunately, I was out of town, so I really couldn't catch it this wave. But it seemed like, as far as lineup was concerned, I saw Lorraine James there. Like it seemed like they really did their thing this year, as far as lineup, as far as turnout, as far as waves. Like you know, when I when I first heard about it and tried to support, you know, I saw a lot of like in in like you know the heads. Obviously, you would expect to be there were there, but I heard a lot about it this time. So I kind of want to give a, a props to them because whatever they're building seems to be going even stronger. So shouts to them, and I guess. Shouts to anybody out there, you know, who's a certain person of color listening to club music, techno music, house music, because that's your shit. You invented that shit. And that's all. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, look, I I, I actually really love the Uzi Vert track. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, and uh, somebody who, you know, I lived in D.C. D.C. for a long time. So, you know, obviously Baltimore Club, Jersey Club, Philly Club. Like all those sounds, um, just going to those parties and going to like five in the morning when they gave you free free breakfast, you know, <laughs> um, like it just brought back all those memories. And now there's like this new generation, you know, um, just like really kind of absorbing it. Shout out to Brook Bandits, you know, um, like like I I just think I don't know like it's it's really kind of cool to see this kind of club renaissance because you know like. 10 12 15 years ago like we we're you know we were the, the crazy kids we we're the weird kids like you know like there's it's always black kids doing club but since it was like kind of like queer spaces and like creative spaces and art spaces it never kind of got mainstream and now to just kind of see like you know club getting way more mainstream appeal um it's really amazing um it's really funny because everybody's like man like what do i i blend uh, like the Uzi Rick track with if I'm DJing <laughs> and people are like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Brick Bandits, there's House, there's like, there's so many places you can go with this. Like, what are you talking about? Um, So yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll definitely check them out and I'm just kind of glad to see um this, this whole club vibe uh, like just like, just taking shape and you know, we had Drake and, and Beyonce last year, but like you know, it, it, it seems like it's lifting, um, you know, that, that rising tide lifts all boats. It seems like some, some of these, these guys who have been in the scene for a long time 
are, are kind of like hopefully getting some benefit. Yeah, no, it's I think it's it's about time. I think we've you know, me and Stone have raised a minute about how, you know, the slower BPM of the trap era, as long as, you know, there's definitely been a shitload of traffic. I mean, a shitload of classics, I wanted to say, from it. At the same time, it's been kind of weird to kind of be stuck in this very specific BPM, very specific ideas behind hi-hats. So I felt like a little bit of experimentation kind of went away. And, you know, like a Uzi Vert doing his little weird dances at these, you know, and it's very weird, almost barely a rap song kind of clip is something new and exciting. And even with like things like, let's say, you know, and it was kind of in, in vogue to kind of, you know, bash Ice Spice. I've been loving all the weird remixes, you know, from the boom bap stuff to some of the more upbeat Jersey Club stuff. Like there's a lot of cool things happening. And I think it's kind of great where, you know, people are kind of pushing the paradigm of production where, you know, there was a very specific idea of what constituted, you know, hip hop production you know, during the trap era. And I think that, you know, finally we're kind of getting out of it. And not to say it's not anything bad. I, I fucking loved it. I, shit, I was playing some old fucking Waka Flocka recently. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of cool to seeing more diverse sounds that we would hear. It felt like, you know, up until we kind of got to the point of where, let's say, the rise of Gucci Mane and rise of Atlanta. So, you know, shouts to, you know, everybody working in that space. And, you know, like I said, keep on doing y'all and I'll be out there, you know, with my geriatric middle-aged legs trying to get my little groove on. So props to y'all. Yo, side note, apparently there's like Jersey Club parties happening with the kids on Roblox. What? That's like, that's the new hotness. There's like this like dude who like dress up as Michael Jackson and like they're the Michael Jackson Club remix. What? That shit's fire. Like the the kids will be all right. They got to get outside though. (laughs) <laughs> they gotta get outside. Get outside. Get outside. You don't want to be wearing glasses <laughs> like me and Stone. <laughs> but get that was aerobics. actually kind of cool to, to, to see. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, and uh, and on that note, we will close the podcast. As usual, we love y'all. Stay woke. You know what I'm saying? You Stay don't know woke. the real we term. We need to take that. We need to take that term back, dude. Yeah, come we on, need- man. Don't let fucking these. <laughs> These crusty ass. That shit's a. Whoa, it's a smooth term. Like, One like, syllable. We, we like, flows. We, we dropped the ball on that shit, and and, uh, and and it's gone from us. Like, what uh, happened, y'all? <laughs> we, we need to. I don't know, man. We we we, we got to gatekeep slang or on some shit. I don't know how we're gonna figure it out. I think we got we got we got a police police slang hardcore. I'm like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> like, Did you say like, bling? like you know look you know what's so funny like uh, i see people now saying like if you know you know and i'm just like that's a push a t term (laughs) 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 talking about slinging cocaine but it's like like midwestern housewives like if you know you know like you know so you know what's been getting me (laughs) the cap versus no cap it's just like yeah do you even know the etymology of the word? Like, like come on, bro. Oh, come on, bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Anyway, we're, we're, we're old men. <laughs> Yelling at the clouds. Get off our lawns. Yeah. I remember back in my day, back in the deaf, <laughs> deaf and fresh and dope era. Those are the good <laughs> slang terms. I said homie the other day. <laughs> Unironically. You know, so it is what it is. I'm going to own it. <laughs> Uh, but as usual, we love y'all. Stay warm, stay safe, take care of each other, and we'll hear from y'all and talk to y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Stay woke. Well.